In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the podcast Southern Fried Soccer. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Well, if you missed it, and I'll be stunned if you did, uh, Miguel Almiron's transfer to Newcastle is almost complete. He had his physical on Tyneside today, and I believe the agreement is going to be announced probably tomorrow of a completed transfer for a reported $27 million fee. That fee is not only the largest in Major League Soccer history for an outgoing player, it's also the largest in Newcastle's long history. So it's a significant move for both clubs, as well as Miguel Amaron, as well as a Major League Soccer. And I thought that I would dive into that for a little bit today. I'm going to have a special guest appearance today by Mark Douglas, who is regional publication editor uh, for the Newcastle Chronicle in Newcastle. Um, he's been following the story on their end, much as I've been following it here on our end. For those who don't know, Almiron is an attacking midfielder, uh, formerly of Atlanta United. They signed him from Lanús in Argentina for a reported fee of around $9 million. Uh, the move was announced on January 1st, 2017, before the team's inaugural season. When he came to Atlanta United in Major League Soccer, there wasn't too much known about him. Lanús is not one of the bigger teams in Argentina. He played well, but... You know, it wasn't really a player that I think most fans of soccer in the United States had heard much of. Um, but when he arrived, it was pretty obvious for me as I watched them in training camp in Bradenton that he was going to be pretty special. I, I didn't know how special. I just knew that he was as quick, if not quicker, than most everyone else on the field, had a great first touch, seemingly had a good attitude from our first interviews. I may have had the first interview with him, as a matter of fact. Um just a, just a different type of player, and that proved to be true uh, in the inaugural season for Atlanta United, in which Almiron was a dark horse MVP candidate until he suffered an injury late in the season when the game started piling up at Mercedes-Benz. And then his uh, stellar play continued last season, in which he finished second in the MVP voting behind teammate Joseph Martinez. So in all, he finished with 21 goals and 28 assists for Atlanta United, they sold him for a reported $27 million off of a buy of $9 million. By the time the dollars and cents are figured out, Atlanta United is probably going to pocket somewhere between 22 and $23 million, which is a sea change for teams in Major League Soccer and a sea change for the league itself. I wrote in December 2017, when rumors started popping up that teams were already interested in Miguel Almiron, that this kind of sell and, and 
or buy and sell would change both Atlanta United, it would change Major League Soccer, it would change soccer in the United States. Because to this point, investing in young South American talent had been done by some teams in Major League Soccer, but it hadn't done been done in the way that Atlanta United had done it, with big transfer fees on players like Almiron, then followed by Ezequiel Barco, then followed by Pitti Martinez, Hector Viaba, some of these guys, um, in which so much money had been spent in transfer fees on the front end. Miguel Almiron's transfer of $9 million was significant. Barco's was a league record for $15 million. Pitti Martinez is for $14 million. But now that Atlanta United has shown, you can take that $9 million transfer fee, recoup it, the salaries that you've paid the player, the agent fee, bonuses and things like that, and get that back as part of the sell, as long as the sell is more than those totals combined, and make money. I think you're going to see more and more teams in Major League Soccer take a gamble, see what they could do, see if they can find that young South American talent or, or talent in Africa or Europe that other teams have just looked over or missed or or misused or whatever. Spend a few million on that player, develop him as Atlanta United did with Almiron, and then sell him at a profit. Um that that's one of the bigger differences between Atlanta United and some other teams in Major League Soccer is Atlanta United spends its money on the transfer fee and doesn't spend a lot on wages. Um, its total wage bill last season, just salary bill last season, was less than $13 million. Toronto, by example, paid more than $19 million just to three players on its roster. It's a different way of doing things in Major League Soccer. Some teams are still shelling out big, big money for players. The Galaxy pay are paying Zlatan Ibrahimovic $7 million a season. Joseph Martinez for Atlanta United just got a new contract. I don't think it's going to be $7 million a year. Um, but we'll see what that total is when the Major League Soccer Players Association releases its figures. But anyway, I think that now that Atlanta United has shown you can buy – you can sell, and you can make a significant profit. More Major League Soccer teams may dip their toes in and see if they can follow the same. All in all, it's been a terrific week for Atlanta United. Not only did they sign Pitti Martinez, the reigning South American Player of the Year, for $14 million. They sold Almiron for a reported $27 million, uh, in which they're going to end up Again, pocketing between 22 and 23 million. It looks like they're going to work hard to keep Leandro Gonzalez Perez, a bedrock of the defense who had been drawing interest from Boca Juniors and his native Argentina. Um, Atlanta United has reportedly flatly turned down a transfer bid, but that may also just be good business. Most teams turn down the first transfer bid they receive on a player in order to get a higher price. So we will see what happens there. I would be stunned if Atlanta United were to sell him. I think he has a green card now. He would be He's going to be fantastic in Frank DeBoer's system, just as he was in Gerardo Martino's system. But anyway, so that's kind of my thoughts on Miguel Almiron, Atlanta United, and Major League Soccer. I want to now let you hear the perspective from Newcastle. So again, joining is Mark Douglas, regional publishing editor of The Chronicle in Newcastle, to give their perspective on the Almiron signing. 
I hope you'll enjoy. I hope you'll follow him on Twitter. I hope you'll read their coverage of what's going on. This is going to be fun. And, you know, maybe you'll become a Newcastle supporter in addition to an Atlanta United supporter. So here's Mark. To understand the state of excitement at Newcastle United about the imminent arrival of Miguel Amiron is probably to uh, understand what's been happening at Newcastle United in the past sort of six to nine months. Uh, Rafa Benitez is... Uh, a huge, huge favourite uh, at Newcastle. He's, uh, I mean, I've never known a manager in all my time uh, covering Newcastle, which is 11 years now, who's uh, been as popular as, as, as Rafa is. I mean, he is pretty much untouchable in terms of uh, in terms of his, his reputation at Newcastle and his uh, and the amount of trust that he inspires in, in Newcastle fans. But it's felt like in the past nine months in particular, that uh, his will to stay at Newcastle has been slowly eroded by the fact that the board just simply don't back him in the transfer market. So Miguel Almiron is not just an excellent player, and I think Newcastle fans know that as well, but he's also uh, the first sign I think they've had for uh, the, the past nine months that Rafa's actually getting backed by his board and his judgment is actually trusted by them. So I think you've, you, it's not just the, the excitement factor at landing a player of Almiron's calibre, it's also what it represents in the transfer market. Uh, Rafa is, uh, has, has made Almiron his number one target since sort of the late autumn. He, he's done extensive checks on him, sent his chief scouts uh, or head of recruitment, Steve Nixon, out to uh, America as well to, to try and do the deal. So there's no doubt that, that Rafa was of the belief that, that Almiron was the player he needed. And I think that's why the mood in Newcastle is so, is so joyous about this, this player. We've said, I think it's, be, it's become a real, uh, a, a real trope of Newcastle fans in the last few, few months that, you know, imagine what would happen if Rafa was backed. Well, this, if the deal goes through, will be the first time that Rafa's judgment has been unequivocally backed because they are taking a risk on a player uh, who's never played in Europe before. They are taking a risk signing in mid-season as well because obviously uh, usually uh, a pre-season will give you a bit of a chance to, uh, to, to to sort of integrate a little bit. But because Almiron is coming in mid-season and because they're spending quite a lot of money on him and breaking this decade-long transfer record that they have, it really does feel like Rafa's actually being backed. So there's huge amounts of excitement there. I think the second reason uh, fans feel so excited is because He's a player with a bit of magic in his boots, and I don't think Newcastle have too many of them. Uh, they're a good side in terms of uh, organisation and discipline and functionality. They do the basics really well. They've got a great team spirit, and they're very, very well organised. But they don't have a single player who's capable of opening up a defence or creating anything from nothing. And I think Almiron, when you look at his, uh, his record, when you look at his the, the highlight reel as well, He's clearly that. And Newcastle fans love that kind of play. You know, they, they've been, uh, down the years kind of spoilt really for Mavericks. Uh, I, I think the last one who was really popular on, on Tyneside was probably Hatem Panafa, who was mercurial to say the least. He, he didn't do the, the dirty work and, uh, but he scored some absolutely sensational goals. Uh, they also had players like David Ginola, uh, Lauren Robert, you know, really quality, talented players. But players who, who really, you know, became huge crowd favourites because they, because they had that bit of magic. I think there's a lot of expectation on Almiron that he'll be the man to do that. But I think the uh, third reason why I would say people are so excited is because it'll finally get rid of this really unwanted record that Newcastle are the final team in the Premier League with the longest transfer record, longest stunning transfer record. 
Michael Owen, who since subsequently retired from football, is their longest, uh, is their current transfer uh, transfer record from 2008, and uh, it's been long overdue that Newcastle would smash that that record. That it's for a player who's quite exciting, and there's a little bit of a, uh, the unknown factor about him as well, makes it all, all the more uh, exciting for people in on Tideside that he's, he's come over. Uh, I think it's fair to say that. When people have seen this this guy play and when they, they read a little bit about him, they do feel that kind of frisson of excitement. It would be slightly different if they were spending £20 million on a defensive midfielder or or even uh, they tried to sign a guy called Nikolai Jurgensen uh, last January who who was kind of, it's fair to say he didn't capture the imagination, you know, Danish international, but not a player who uh, really set the pulses racing. But Almiron, because he's a little bit exotic, you know, there's not too many South Americans playing in, uh, in England and Newcastle have had a few down the years, and they've all been very popular. Um, but I think because of that, there is huge excitement here about about seeing him play, and I think he'll, uh, you know, he'll be assured of a hero's welcome. And if he's anything like as good as we've been told by uh, journalists from Atlanta and over in America, I think he'll be a, a huge crowd favourite. Uh, I think it's a welcome bit of good news for the club. And that wraps up this edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can follow me, Doug Robertson, on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. You can follow our coverage on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, you can do that by emailing customercare at AJC.com. And I hope you'll consume the news and, and features being produced by the other websites in Atlanta that cover soccer, uh, specifically Dirty South Soccer and uh, specifically Jason Longshore uh, and his crew at Soccer Down Here. All right. Have a great day. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Journal-Constitution.